USCCB website. Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with religious demonologist Adam Bly and co-host. And uh, this is our welcome to our monthly live open forum and mailbag show. So we're very excited if you can join us. And here's the number because we are already getting calls that are coming in. So that's that's wonderful. That's what we want. A very uh, vibrant discussion um, on anything about angels, demons, or anything in between. So the number to dial is 877-757-9424. But Adam... As always, we begin with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Adam, we want to um, talk about Pentecost, which is, uh, it, we celebrate uh, tomorrow, which is very important in our church. And so any, uh, before we get to the calls, this is our monthly live um, open forum, so you can ask any question, um, or, or we're going to take some uh, comments that have come in by email. So, and you can always email us. Don't forget, always email us, and we, we save it for future broadcasts. So it's TSW, the Spirit World, at GRN, Guadalupe Radio Network, grnonline.com. Okay, TSW at grnonline.com. Uh, quick comments on this amazing Feast of Pentecost. Yeah, sure, Deb. It, it's a wonderful feast, and it's a time for us not only to remember when the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles in the upper room the 10 days after Jesus' ascension, and all of the amazing gifts that they received, the tongues of fire that descended over each of them. And that was essentially the birth of our church because the Holy Spirit was then uh, dwelling in and acting through the church. Uh, so we know Jesus breathed on them and received, said receive the Holy Spirit earlier. But on this day, uh, we see a particular movement of the Holy Spirit. And there's a parallel to that for us. And I think that's the place that we can really focus on as, as Catholic Christians today. And that parallel is at baptism, we receive the Holy Spirit and we're taken out of the kingdom of darkness and we're brought in as adopted children of God into the kingdom of light and we receive the Holy Spirit there. And then it's confirmed at our confirmation. We affirm it, we make a free will choice to affirm it. And, and there's gifts that come along with that. There was gifts for the apostles, but there's also gifts for us that we can focus on on uh, mass this Sunday and you know, we don't have time to go through everything, but the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit are wisdom, understanding, counsel, fortitude, knowledge, piety, 
and fear of the Lord. And then there's also fruits of the Holy Spirit that, that people can look up in the catechism. So it's basically a wonderful indwelling of God, part of the Trinity in us, and that is working through us in the world and is working through the church in the world. So when you go to Mass on Pentecost, it's not just a celebration of what happened with the apostles, but it's a celebration of what is happening through you today, right now, and the, and the gifts and the strengthening that the Holy Spirit brings into your life. Mm-hmm. Beautifully said. That's why uh, my husband and I wear red this weekend when we go to Mass. It's, you know, the church is, is rich in, in its symbols and letting you enter in with, uh, with your senses, right? Um, and I love that. So I encourage everyone, please pull out your, your red shirts or red jackets and, and uh, when you go to Mass this weekend for Pentecost. Okay, this is our live monthly open forum and mailbag show. Uh, so we expect your call. Please dial in at 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be on the show and ask your question. And actually, Adam, if it's okay with you, let's go right to the phones. I mean, we've got calls coming in and and uh, Tim and um, Taylor are doing a fine job at making sure that they chat with our listeners, put them on hold, they get to listen live. So we really want you to join us and we will uh, weave in. We've we've picked out a few questions, uh, one from Timoteo, one from Joe, um, and uh, we will be answering those throughout the show. So let's go to Matthew first, and Matthew is in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and Matthew, um, you're first up here on The Spirit World. Welcome. Thank you very much. I uh, hope you can hear me. Um, my question is, is, uh, is, the devil, is the devil able to see in the future? I believe not, but I, I would like to affirm that. Yeah, so that's an easy one, Matthew. He is not able to see into the future. Only God the Father knows the future, and Jesus was very clear on this. Um, the devil is only good at predicting things based on watching us and knowing the patterns in the world, and he likes to give the illusion that he knows the future. He does this through his demons with people sometimes, giving false, um, you know, false sense of like psychics being able to predict the future and that kind of thing, but he does not know the future. He just does parlor tricks, like predicting something and then going and making it happen. So really, really trivial things, like telling somebody the next song that's going to be on the radio. I know that sounds silly, but I've heard it from so many different people that have been seduced by the demons. And of course, they just know the playlist at that radio station beforehand. So there's a bunch of silly things he does. He wants to to seem to have the traits of God, but he does not have those traits. Yeah, I I kind of figured that because if he knew the future, he wouldn't have had Christ killed. He thought he was winning by killing Christ. So makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it, that's an interesting one, and, and it would probably take it be an interesting discussion. Um, but we need to remember that his mind was clouded in a sense by God. So, you know, we're pretty sure there was doubt in his mind when he was tempting Jesus in the desert. He said, if you are the son of God, that's been interpreted different ways. One would just be him egging Jesus on and knowing that he's God and saying, well, why don't you, you know, make, make these stones turn to bread for you? Or he literally didn't know. And we know that God the Father had can limit what he knows and what his uh, what he's aware of in his mind. And so it's not all revealed to us, Matthew. Um, 
but yeah, it's an interesting question, but uh, certainly he was defeated um, by Jesus dying. Yep. Yeah, if you see the movie Nefarious, it's a good dialogue where he talks about that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Matthew. We appreciate the phone call. Uh, you live in a beautiful part of the country in Lake Tahoe. Um, and thank you for listening on Sirius XM 130. Will you call us again? I will. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you. Okay, uh, you can join the conversation, ask your question, make your comment here on our monthly open forum and mailbag show. We are live. We are getting messages saying, are you really live? Yes, we are really live. I, wait wait a minute, Adam. Wait, let's make sure. Yep, I just pinched myself. We're, we, we are alive and live today. Here is the number, 877-757-9424. Okay, you can ask your question, question about angels, demons, or anything in between. We'll, we'll happily answer uh, the best we can. 877-757-9424. Okay, let's get started with Dennis. And Dennis is in uh, Duncanville, Texas, listening on the, the Guadalupe Radio Network app. Did I get your city correct, Dennis? Uh, yes, Duncanville, Texas. Nice, nice. Well, welcome to the spirit world. Go right ahead, Hello. sir. Yes, go right ahead. My my question is about guardian angels. Mm-hmm. I know that angels don't have sex, so I, but I just call mine he. It just makes it easier for me. Sure, sure. Um, my question is that can I get to know him, and if I can, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Does he talk to me? Do I talk to him, or mm-hmm. what is mm-hmm. the what is the procedure? Okay, so Dennis, this is actually a really good question because, you know, we're all about relationships, right? We want to have a relationship and you have a your own guardian angel that 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 God has assigned to you, right? To help you, to guard you and guide you in your ways if you allow and to um they have a mission. They have a mission by God himself. Okay. So they are in, they are in the beatific vision, Dennis, and they are ministering to you at the same time. So there's this direct connection. Now, what, how do we enter into that or how do we develop a relationship or how do we bring them into our spiritual life? Well, here's, here's what I've been saying lately, Dennis and, and Adam, correct me if there's anything I'm saying that you, you, um, have a different, uh, viewpoint on, uh, Dennis, the, the important thing is that we acknowledge that our guardian angels have a mission. It's the acknowledgement and the awareness, and it's the understanding. It is less about trying to communicate with them or try to make any type of connection with them. They have their, their mission. It's very important. We don't try to, um, uh, manipulate or orchestrate any type of connection like that with the other side, because we could easily be, uh, deceived. And also it is not proper for us to do that. Dennis, hold it, hold right there because you hear the music. We're going to hold it right there. I want, I'm going to comment some more and I'm going to, uh, also, um, let Adam, Uh, share some thoughts on this, but great question about guardian angels. This is our open forum mailbag show. Please call us and stay with us at 877-757-9424 or email us tsw at grnonline.com.
Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God but this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. And another way to stay connected to us is to follow us on Facebook. We're trying to grow the family there. And the Facebook page is at the Spirit World Podcast. That's the handle there at Facebook. So please um, like us there and and you can leave your questions or comments there as well. So don't forget that uh, Facebook, that's a great use of social media, Adam, I really believe. Okay, so we're speaking with Dennis in um, Duncanville, Texas, and he's he asked a great question about how do I develop my re- relationship with my guardian angel? So Dennis, what I want to just share, we got kind of clipped there by the by the break. So I'm going to rewind just a bit. Um, couple, couple ways, uh, dive into the catechism of the Catholic church. So all you have to do is, is type in, uh, if you do have the online catechism, um, CCC on angels. Okay. The catechism of the Catholic church on angels and read all about their, their mission. Okay. That's number one. Number two, to say the um, the guardian angel prayer. Okay. Cause that, that is an, that is an acknowledgement of their mission to, uh, 
um, also meditate on Psalm 91. Now, I understand that in, in um, some versions, um, the Catholic versions of the Bible, it's Psalm 90. I understand that. But you're looking for Psalm 91, who is, it starts out, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And it goes on and it talks about the guardian angel's protections to guard you and guide you in all your ways. Okay, so these, un, this understanding this catechesis, because the angels are a truth of our faith, right? Um, that, that is letting God know that you understand, um, you understand that they have a mission and they're, they're there to, you know, help you along the way on your spiritual journey, but as for, for communicating with them or to get them to communicate back, I understand that there were many saints that had conversations with their guardian angels. You have to put them aside because they have a different type of advanced spirituality, if you will. I'm not saying that you don't, but I'm just saying that they're a unique, they're in a unique position for the for all of us we are to just acknowledge to to understand to respect their mission but not to um, try to get them to communicate with us or we communicate with them now could you talk out loud to your guardian angel well of course you could do you know you, you could talk out loud to all of heaven right I mean so there is that that element I want you to have that freedom to just be to, to be yourself but I just want to caution this idea of trying to get some kind of communication back from our angels or to have some kind of relationship relationship that is different from what their mission is. I don't know if I said too much, not enough, but let me, uh, Dennis, let me hear your thoughts on this um, uh, first, and then Adam will clean up anything that I messed up. Okay, Dennis? Dennis, what do you think? Okay, I don't hear Dennis. Okay, so Taylor, if you'll check what's, um, can somebody pick up the line with Dennis? I don't hear Dennis. So Adam, why don't you go ahead and comment? Sure. So, um, and by the way, Deb, he was asking if there's a good book you could recommend. So maybe when I'm done, you could give him a, a good book on the angels. Sure. Um, the other thing, Dennis, and this is important for, for other people that might be listening. One thing we definitely don't want to do is start playing around with divination in order to try to get communication from guardian angels. There are um, really misguided like tarot cards out there that are claimed to be angel cards. You know, there's there's a Ouija board that claims to be, you know, uh, connecting with Holy Spirits, that type of thing. Uh, you want to avoid any form of divination. Uh, like Deb said, it's a very rare thing that angels actually talk directly to people. And that's in the context of, an, of a very advanced spiritual life or a very advanced spiritual mission, uh, basically mysticism. It's not something that happens to the average person. Um, and then the other thing, Dennis, is, you know, um, if there is communication, you shouldn't focus on that. The angels are only pointing us towards God. They're not going right. to draw attention to themselves. Um, so anything that's drawing attention to itself or wanting to have ongoing dialogue with you is almost certainly a trick, and you need to avoid that. And then there's going to be people out there that are hearing voices and interpreting them that, as angels that are having medical problems, mm -hmm. infections, or mental illness. And of course, you know, you need to check in with your doctor if you're hearing from an angel all of a sudden and rule out the mundane before you assume it's an angel. Right. And okay. and add and. And Adam, real quickly, when I said that you could easily be deceived, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the demons can use that if you're if you're making too much of a connection with your guardian angels, they could they could easily get in there and 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 you know have you think that it's it really is your guardian angel when in, when indeed it's not. What do you say to that? 
Yeah, so we want to be careful how we phrase that. So it's not bad to have a connection with the guardian angel, but what I think we're saying there is if you're if you're in a sense too open to and looking for and relying on right. a, a voice in your head telling you what to do, the demon is going to step in most likely and take advantage of that and pose as an angel because we know, you know, we're warned in the Bible that Satan comes as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. So we want to be careful and it's just best to not pursue this. Ask them to help you when you're struggling with temptation. Guardian angel, please help me. That's, you know, that's the most important thing. Please inspire me in, in whatever charitable works I'm doing, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but but really looking for communication is usually not, not the good way to go. Right. Dennis, we okay. got you back. What do you think? I, I, think that, I think that's a good idea, and I was kind of going in that direction. But I'm, I'm really new to this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I wondered, is there a, a book where this would be uh, more yes. clear? Or? Yes. Okay. So if you're if you're new to the understanding the truth of our faith in in the guardian angels, I would recommend Peter Crafe's book, Angels and Demons. Okay. It's it's Angels and Demons. Peter Crafe, and he spells it uh, K R E E F T. Okay, he pronounces it Kreeft, but it's it's spelled like Kreeft. Um, so you, it's Peter Kreeft and Angels and Demons. It's a very good um, beginning understanding of the angels in a in a very um, easy, like a lighthearted way, so that you can you can really um, just kind of embrace the angels and and bring them into your spiritual life. What do you, what do you think? Is that good? Okay, and. How do you spell his last name again? It's K-R-E-E-F-T. Okay, got it. Okay. God, okay. Thank you, Dennis. Thank God, you. God bless you. Thank you so much. Uh, stay in touch with us because we'll have more. Um, we're going to have more episodes coming up, uh, especially around the Feast of the Guardian Angels uh, this fall, okay? Thank you for taking my call. Th thank you. God bless you. Okay, so Adam, that was a great call. We we hear that a lot. And by the way, folks, uh, I shared the Catechism of the Catholic Church on angels. It begins with paragraph 325. Okay, so you can look at the Catechism on angels. Also, too, there's a great website, Opus Angelorum, um, that has a lot of frequently asked questions. Remember, I talked about Psalm 91 in Catholic uh, uh translations it uh, bibles it's psalm 90 but it's psalm 91 it's god's protection where it actually and i i believe line 11 starts to talk about that that the angels do have a mission and and it's important that we understand that okay um so adam we have uh margaret who's up next in baltimore maryland and she's on uh alexa on ewtn radio hello margaret welcome oh hi um you had mentioned Opus Angelorum. There's a big movement in Maryland and Pennsylvania, and they consecrate themselves to their guardian angel and have a major deep relationship with the guardian angel. And I, I didn't join, but I, what I've heard of kind of makes me back away because this is too much emphasis on somebody who doesn't really, uh, you, you see focus on Jesus and Mary and the Lord, but not your angel because of the, possibility that demons could imitate a guardian angel and then really you're in trouble. So have you heard of Alpha Angelorum? People? Yes. 
Yes, and uh, they are dedicated to the work of the holy angels. And yes, there is a consecration to the to the angels. Um, they are a very uh, respected order, Margaret. I can tell you that they are very solid in their catechesis and their faith and their understanding. They're very well rounded in what they what they try to put out to the public about how to understand um, the guardian angels. They uh, and I can tell you because um, I've 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 spoken with a few of their um, leaders um, of the the order and they in no way are they trying to overemphasize um, the guardian angels over over um, over our Lord or or you know any anything else they are they are trying to simply. Um, devote, it's a devotion and a specialized devotion to the angels. And, and so it, it, it's not in conflict at all. If that's what you're asking to, to let you know, that's my understanding and my research on it, but let me hear what Adam has to say. Yeah. So, so Margaret, um, this is kind of a parallel to what we see in a lot of different devotions in the church. You know, the church is, is large and diverse, and has developed over 2,000 years in her, in her understanding of all the ways God interacts with us. And there are different charisms, charisms in the church. There's different religious orders that focus on different aspects of the Christian life. There are people that have a great devotion to Mary and, and you know, asking for her intercession, and they pray rosaries a lot. There's other people that have a great devotion to a particular saint. There's others that only focus on Jesus. All of this is fine as long as it's done in a balanced way that points towards Christ. Everything points towards Christ and God. And the angels is just one of the ways that for some people in their psychology and their spirituality, that clicks for them, and that helps them get into the faith and do the spiritual exercises and lay the groundwork for God moving in their life. But it in no way says you stop there with an angel. All of these different devotions move us towards Jesus. Aren't they trying to solicit a response from the angel? And then you have to wonder who's talking? No, 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 they're not doing that at all, Margaret. Um, and actually, um, we're going to let you let you go with that. But please continue to listen. Because, okay. yeah, because we'll pick this up on the other side of the break and make a couple more comments about this, um, this wonderful work of the holy angels. Thank you, Margaret. God bless you. Have a beautiful Thank weekend. Thank you. That was a wonderful call. It's a very important call. Um, but Adam, this is our open forum mailbag show, and we are getting um, comments coming in via Facebook and emails. And then you can call us. You could always call us. We'd love to hear your voice. 877-757-9424. This is your opportunity to ask about angels, demons, or anything in between. It looks like we're having a guardian angel show today, though. So stay with us. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. 
At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you can fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you can take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, the calls and comments are flying in. We're going to try to move a little quicker because we want to uh, get to everybody. So please uh, uh, stick with us and bear with us. We're, we're going as fast as we can. But let's just comment real quickly on, on again on Margaret's call. I think, you know, she, she had a, a, a genuine concern, but I just want to... Um, you know, let her um, understand and realize that opusangelorum.org is the website that we uh, typically reference, and the order uh, to the work of the holy angels is a very balanced um, organization and work that they do. The the priests are amazing, actually. Um, they speak all around the country, all around the world, actually. They're international speakers. It's a very balanced um, order, um, and in, in no way is it in conflict or trying to confuse or get anybody off the fo- off focus of of who we are as Christians. Any quick comments, Adam? Oh, just um, I agree, Deb. I, I've met some of the priests there, and I actually co-taught with one of them at one of our conferences years ago for Exorcist. Um, just really solid theology, and yeah, their 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 understanding of angelology is is probably the best in the world. I totally agree. And here's something that we have to under, understand as Catholic Christians. You know, we have the full toolbox, okay? We have the angels. We have the saints. We have the sacraments. We have our, our rich uh, um, history of our, of, our, of our faith, okay? And we have the full toolbox. And, and, and typically in religious education, people say this all the time. I don't know how to fit in everybody. I don't know how to fit in the angels or the Blessed Mother or the saints or this or that. They get, they get nervous that they think somehow they're hurting 
our Lord and Savior. They think they're hurting God, right? And and we just have to always remember everything comes from God. Everything goes back to God. Our focus has got to be God first, and then everything else enhances the journey, enhance and, and gets us to our ultimate destination, which is union with God. Okay, so keep that in mind, folks, and 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 be at peace because um, we've we've got a very rich uh, church. Um, it's amazing. Um, okay, so we have a, a bunch of calls and, a, and comments coming in. We need to address this because we promised this from last week. Mary from last week uh, was our last caller, and and she had talked about Adam, her son, um, uh, dating a a gal and then his personality you know has completely changed and he's distancing himself from the family and mary had said you know she had asked what can i do and and you had suggested beautifully you know having masses said the rosary be patient um adam are there any comments you want to make on the fact that you know depending on his spirituality depending on his um faith life you know we don't know you know she brings in all of her lived experiences, all of her, you know, wants, desires, and her, and everything that she has from her life, you know, is there a possibility that, you know, there are something, you know, some, uh, you know, demonic attachments that maybe it, it's, it's, he's vulnerable, you know, to, and then now it's causing him to change his personality. I don't want to always lean on that because I think that's a cop out to always say, Oh, the devil made me do it. <laughs> right. But, um, what do you say to that? Because I mean, there definitely has been a shift in his personality. Yeah, it's tough, Deb, to, to know for sure, you know, secondhand or thirdhand about that situation. But, um, we need to remember first that psychologically the relationships we're in have a huge impact on us, particularly when we're young and still forming our personality. So just, you know, being in that um, possibly intimate relationship could be having a big psychological and emotional impact on him. And he just might be, you know, moving towards the way she's thinking. Now, that being said, I've had many cases where a person who later ended up in, in extraordinary spiritual trouble uh, it started in a relationship with somebody who was involved in Wicca, witchcraft, Satanism. Um, then when the relationship turns sour, that person seems to have done something spiritually to them. And the bridge that seems to make that possible is the essentially the sin of fornication that in the cases I'm thinking of, I'm not saying this young man did that, but in cases that I've seen, the fornication, uh, that union outside of marriage, outside of sacramental marriage, provides a bridge through which the bad spiritual effect can come and affect the person. And so this is, in my experience, this is probably, you know, quote unquote, why God is so protective of sexuality. Um, it's much deeper and bigger than that. That's why I say, quote unquote, because my understanding is very limited. But I have seen that when we have those kind of sexual uh, encounters and unions with people improperly, it allows spiritual effects. So, you know, we, we need to teach our youth about um, how spiritually important that is. So those are just some thoughts. Um, but again, you know, we need to pray and, and we need to be patient and um Sometimes it, it takes time, especially, you know, the, the emotional impact of, of a first intimate relationship can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, don't despair, don't freak out, um, be patient, pray, right. pray.
pray uh, trusting Jesus mm-hmm. as opposed to, to feeling like, you know, God isn't doing enough quickly yeah. enough. You're helpless. Yeah. 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 Okay. So Adam, um, Tim Mateo is listening to the show. So Tim, we will get to your question about um, uh, Revelation and um, the witnesses. We will get to it. I I'm, I promise you. Okay. Uh, let's go to Joe, who's been waiting so patiently in Ramona, California, listening on Sirius XM 130. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the spirit world. Uh, hello. Good morning. Uh, thank you for Thank you for your show. You know, it's really amazing how, how much we can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want me to tell you what happened to me or what? Yes. Your, my yes. question? Yes, please, please tell us. Okay, so my question is, how would I know if I'm experiencing a spiritual attack? Because for the past year and a half, I've had these events happen to me probably after midnight, between midnight and 3 o'clock in the morning. And it's like a paralyzing of, uh, effect. You're, I wake up, but I can't move, and I just feel a pressure on, on me. And, okay. that's, and it only lasts for about maybe 10, 15 seconds, not more than 15 seconds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, Joe. So um, this is almost certainly something called sleep paralysis. This is a purely biological phenomenon. So the, the quick, un, you know, thumbs thumbnail sketch of this. When we go to sleep, our brain shuts down our motor system so the body doesn't move as we're dreaming because the, the brain can't tell the difference between dreaming and awake. And so we, we would be moving around in the bed and, you know, acting out whatever we were dreaming. So the body shuts shuts down the nervous system. Sometimes as we're waking up, that essentially, think of it as anesthesia, doesn't turn off quickly enough. And we get a few seconds where we're still paralyzed and we're paralyzed basically from the nose down. uh, If my recollection is correct, it's from the fifth cranial nerve down, which is about your nose down. So you can open your eyes and look around, but you can't take a breath, you can't speak, you can't scream. And it's a very scary experience. And sometimes you're also dreaming and essentially seeing your dream while this is going on. And so this is a well-understood medical phenomenon called sleep paralysis. Um, It usually comes when there's more stress. So it's likely that you had an increase in stress in your life when this was happening. It's possible you didn't. But I would talk with your medical doctor because they have found some treatments that that work for some people with this. But but don't, um, yeah, Uh, unless there's other indications, if it's just that, that's almost certainly medical. Okay, listen. Okay, so I totally understand that, totally, and I totally believe that. But in my case, see, that, I thought I was going crazy, just like you're saying, right? I thought I was going crazy. So what I did, I put a camera in my bedroom to see exactly. I wanted to see myself, see how I was reacting to this or what was going on. And I was amazed about two days later after looking at the at the camera, at the film, I was... I was seeing this object just floating around my room. I saw this object literally come out of the wall and start floating around. I mean, I have it on my phone. I still have it on my phone. Mm-hmm. I filmed it maybe 10 times throughout the last, I would say, year. Okay, Joe, so we're... I woke up and I did see this thing just next to me. I, I literally feel the, the pressure on the bed of somebody lying next to me. I, I literally feel that. I'm not... I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying you are, Joe. So that gets into a little more complication and depth, more than we can you know, do on a radio show. So 
you know, that may be something spiritual. Um, it may be both the biological and spiritual. A lot of times when people show me video or images on their phones or cameras, it ends up being kind of a blur or a shadow or, or some dust or a bug. And I'm, and I'm not trying to dismiss what you have there. But what I would say, Joe, is go to your local priest, mm-hmm. show them what you've got there, um, get some holy water before you go to bed, sprinkle it around the room and, and touch Take and close your eyes and pat your head down just with a little bit of holy water, not a whole lot, right before you go to sleep. Okay. And you know, I I spoke to my priest and it scared him. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I spoke to another priest and he says, yeah, he told me, yeah, I. He says he remembers having that experience, uh, other sem- seminarians experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's no. I, from what I've, I've learned is that there's no real solution to it. All you got to do is pray and pray and pray. So what I do now, like I just experienced it like three weeks ago. Yeah. And what I do is that as soon as it hits me, I wake up, get up and pray the rosary, mm-hmm. go back to sleep. Well, uh, let me let me interject something here, Joe, because I've actually heard this story before. Um, in I've, I've been in religious education for over thirty years, so people would would share stories similar to yours. Um, Joe, I a couple things I would recommend. I'd go back to that priest that was possibly um, uneasy with the whole situation and ask him to come and bless the home. That's number one. I would have him do that um, and 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 do an you know an actual proper blessing of your home. The other thing I would do is um, I would get your, make sure your rosary is blessed. Um, I would recommend the Benedictine uh, blessing, the, 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 um, the older right blessing of, of uh, sacramental. And I would actually, if, if it were me, Joe, I would sleep with the rosary in your hand. I really would, because I mean, clearly, if I mean, when you said there's no way to get around this, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. Because what do you say to that, Adam? I don't think that's something that has to go on consistently. Well, yeah, like I said, I I would talk with your doctor, Joe, just to rule out the medical. So see if the doc has maybe a prescription or some advice um, about sleep paralysis, just to rule that out, because it's possible that. It's possible that there's some manifestation going on there. And as Debbie said, the first step there is get the place blessed. But it could be both. So mm-hmm. let's get the let's get the sleep paralysis treated in case that's, you know, just happens to coincide with this. Okay, Joe, we're going to have to leave it there because we've got uh, people coming in right behind you. So thank you, Joe. God bless you. And call us and keep us updated. Okay, um, we are going to... Um, we're gonna, we've, I promised him, so here you go, Adam, Timoteo uh, is asking about uh, the witnesses, the two witnesses mentioned in uh, John's uh, writings in Revelation um, 11 verses, I think you said 3 through 12, I think you said, mm-hmm. Adam. And uh, they talked about these witnesses possibly being above the Blessed Virgin. Can you, can you answer this for Tim? Sure, sure. Okay, so this is uh, the... Remember in Revelations, the two witnesses appear in the streets and they they testify to the world and and then they die and then they're resurrected. And uh, so there's a few points on this. The first one is scripture doesn't actually name who they are. So we don't know exactly who they are. We don't know if it's a symbolic story or a literal story of actual physical people. 
That's not super clear. It's certainly not clear who they are. One of the theories, the most popular, is that it's Moses and Elijah. And this is because some of the miracles that are attributed to the witnesses parallel miracles that Moses and Elijah did. Uh, and also that Moses and Elijah appeared at the transfiguration of Jesus. That's the most popular theory, but it's not definite. There's no definitive statement on that. Another is that it's Enoch and Elijah, since they are the only other people that have been taken up to heaven without dying. And by the way, I know somebody is immediately yelling and saying, well, you know, what about Mary? Um, and, and in Pius XII's um, uh, apostolic constitution on the assumption of Mary, uh, Number 17, he makes it clear that Mary died and was resurrected and was taken up. And that's actually from the papal uh, constitution on the assumption. So anyway, uh, the second one is Enoch and Elijah. And then the third possibility, it's two unknown people. Now, none of this matters. And here's why. Go to Catechism 967. And there we learn that Mary is a preeminent and wholly unique member of the church. The word preeminent means surpassing all others. And so uh, presumably these two witnesses are part of the church since they are working for God and, and witnessing to the world about the gospel. Um, so we see in Catechism 967, Mary is a preeminent and wholly unique member of the church. Therefore, she is above the two witnesses, no matter who they are. That's my answer, Deb. What do you think? I agree, and I think Timoteo will be happy with your answer, and so I'm glad we addressed it because Tim has been waiting uh, a few weeks to get that uh, question answered. So, so Tim, I know you're listening, um, and so thank you so much for being um, a loyal listener and follower of the Spirit Worlds from the very beginning. And Adam, we are o we are over a year old. We have been. Um, uh, working on the spirit world and broadcasting. So I'm excited about that. But uh, we're, we're super just thrilled that EWTN radio um, broadcasts uh, the spirit world every Saturday on all of the affiliates. So that's wonderful, or most of the affiliates. Okay, let's go back to the phones. Um, and let's go to Melissa in Richmond, Texas on Sirius XM 130. Hello, Melissa. Yes, hello. Hi. I was calling about, um, I was hearing the, the gentleman talk about the sleep paralysis uh, experiences he was having and how he videotaped and had some, um, some sightings going on. What I wanted to share was something I experienced myself. I'm 49 right now, and of course now I'm, I'm way more experienced and, and know so much more. But when I was around 30 years old and back then, social media wasn't a big thing. We didn't have quick access to everything. It was... It was it was different time, but I had moved back to my hometown and started attending uh, lay ministry classes at my church, and I was getting very close to God at that time. I was young, I wanted to know more about my faith, and I was attending these um, these classes, and I was learning so much. My family was very uh, supportive of me. Well, one night I was going to bed, and I turned off all the lights, and I fell asleep, and all of a sudden I felt that. And remember, I had no knowledge of what that, it, what that was, what it existed, because I was confused, like, what is happening to me? So I, my body just froze, and I felt like something had a grip of me, and my eyes opened, and I could visibly see my bedroom and, and, and the darkness around it, but my whole body was frozen and locked. When I tried to move, I couldn't. I was like, I was just like something had a grip of me, grip on me. And I remember just like wanting to yell for help. 
but even my voice, my, my, I couldn't make the words out. And I just remember this. I yelled out, Jesus, like, like from like the core of my soul, I said, Jesus, like I wanted to cry out to Jesus. And instantly a white light passed above my bed and I was released. It was just a white light, like a, like an old, like just a white light. And I, I, I was, oh, I didn't know anything then. Like I'm telling you now as the years have gone by, I've heard, I've learned and I've studied. And I always remember, I go back to that day because again, we didn't have social media, cell phones, things where we can grab for information so easily. But I'll, I'll always remember that white light that, that when I yelled for Jesus, mumbling it out from the core of my being, it, I was released. And mm-hmm. I just wanted to share that. Yeah, Melissa. So, you know, um, of course, again, that that's a basically a classic presentation for sleep paralysis. I'm not dismissing the spiritual. Let me get to that. But that's a classic presentation, paralyzed from the nose down. You can open your eyes, but you can't move. You can't speak. You feel like there's pressure or gripping your body because you're trying to expand your, your chest to take a breath, to yell. And the brain interprets that inability to expand the chest as something pressing on the chest. This is where the idea of the nightmare in the Middle Ages came from, which was a a spirit that they thought sat on the chest of the person and stole their breath. Um, So it's this feeling of constriction in the chest. And then 10 to 15 seconds after this experience starts, um, the person starts to be able to move. And so, you know, in, in this case, the first word you got out was Jesus. Now, there's also always possibly a spiritual layer. You know, uh, God can heal in every possible way, including the physical. And so we're certainly not dismissing that there could have been a divine intervention or your guardian angel acting or, or something um, that, that you were freed of that also. Um, can I ask, Melissa, did it ever happen again? It happened twice, and after that, it did not. The first time, it, it, I did, I, it happened the first time, and that's not when I saw the light. It was the second time. But after mm-hmm. the light, then it never happened again. To this day, I've never experienced it again after that. But okay. I am close and, you know, I, I, I'm strong in my faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I think when I look back, because when I was attending these lay ministry classes, um, I was getting closer to God. I was... I was getting, I was learning, I was reaching, I was trying to gain as much information. So my relationship with Jesus was growing stronger and stronger. So Mm -hmm. I, I, it it just happened that that was in my period of time in my life. And then that happened. Now, years later, I'm 49 now, that was many years ago. I think it could have been, you know, I understand this, the, the sleep, um, how do I say the, the aspect yes and but when i look back i think i was could have been could it have been a spiritual attack of some sort and maybe because i was getting so close to god like i was doing so i don't know i just we don't know all i know is that that white light did appear in my dark Mm -hmm. bedroom and when i saw it like my body was released it's like the minute that i thought in my mind even though I could not speak, my brain was screaming out for Jesus. And it's like, as soon as I mumbled the J, the mm-hmm. J Jesus, mm-hmm. I was trying to get it out. Because my first was to say, help, you know, somebody come get me. Okay, or, or... so, I, yep, I got you, Melissa. So, um, 
we're going to have to wrap this call up because we're going to try to grab a few more people. But I just would also remind you that healings, miraculous healings have come from God for many people. They have been an encouragement to people. This very well could have been a healing of a physical problem. All I'm saying is, is that the problem, the paralysis is a medically understood physical thing, but the healing that happened could have been spiritual. So, you know, and, and, and yeah, as we get close to God, there are challenges that God allows. So that's very possible. But the most important thing, it hasn't happened since. So I wouldn't go back and, and you know, necessarily worry about it or dwell on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just thank God for the healing, no matter what form it took, and, and keep mm-hmm. keep moving towards God and move on. Okay. Thank you, Melissa. Have a beautiful weekend and stay in touch with us by uh, liking us on Facebook um, at the Spirit World Podcast or email us anytime. Okay. Thank you. Alrighty, that was that was a great call. Very interesting. Uh, real quickly, we're going to have to move very fast because we want to get to Jan in Plano, Texas, and Rick and Jim and the others. But Annie from Houston, Texas, Adam, she has a, a, a question that's in, in she it just came in uh, this morning. How does one cleanse a room or home when staying overnight in a strange location? We're going on vacation soon. I wonder how to get rid of the any evil demons attachments or anything like that when you're away from home. What would you suggest, Adam? Just take some holy water with you and sprinkle the room in the bed before you um, before you use the room. If you want, uh, the head of the household can do a blessing on the room, the same one you would use for a home because you're temporarily in authority over the room. You have limited authority. You don't own it, but you do have some authority there. So if you want, bring a copy of the of a house blessing and have the head of the household bless it also. But usually the holy water is enough and, and just say a few prayers and trust in God and enjoy. Okay. Annie, I hope that helps. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's go to Jan. Jan is in Plano, Texas on Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, Jan. Hi, Jan. Hello. Uh, Hi, Jan. You're on and we have just a couple minutes. You had to ask a question your kids were asking. Go go right ahead. Yeah, 30 seconds. So all this stuff with the Pentagon talking about UFOs and and our, our military showing this, it's showing up on on YouTube, I, I, I monitor their social media. However, they were asking if it was real, uh, aliens are real. I wanted to hear your take. Um, I explained to them and talk, you know, teach them no, that's probably demons or you know, no, no, no telling what they're doing. But I just wanted to have you guys comment on on that and let me know what you think. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, this is a real rabbit hole, Jan. Um, it kind of the. I think the bottom line is we just don't know enough to know whether there there could be something going on there. There's just too many layers of, of partial information the government releases and, and possible disinformation. In, just in my personal opinion, I think it's much more likely that it's man-made technology that we don't yet understand. Um, I wouldn't be overly concerned about it and leave it to when God reveals that. You know, the kids at Fatima asked Mary if there's life on other worlds, and she said that's not for you to know. So we have at least a little uh, encouragement to let that go and just focus on life here. Okay, we're going to have to leave it there, Jan. Thank you so much. Uh, If you want to continue asking any questions or comments, you can always email us at tsw at grnonline.com. Rick, we're not going to get to you. He wants to talk about Adam. Uh, If you're in the state of grace, can you still undergo a possession? Uh, Rick, we will grab your question for a future mailbag show. Jim, the same thing about um, dream catchers. Well, until next Saturday, folks, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.